Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Godzilla Roundtable as we enter into the 70s era. And it's just us again. It's been a while. It is. It's been so long since it's been just us. We had four episodes straight, I guess. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's back to the standard trio, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really funny how for four of those, how for out of those four episodes, three of them crashed. You, you did not like it. Yeah, the mini trilogy <laughs> got me good. I was not feeling it as much, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so before we dive in, this will be on Godzilla vs. Sedora, which is 1971. And Ton, I know you said you wanted to share something about this movie because because now that we don't have a guest, we have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. So a bit of, you know, kaiju fan history. This is actually a movie... I've had some family stories about. So, <clears throat> and my my family's pretty nerdy in general, but um, mm-hmm. my parents aren't the biggest genre people. They tend to prefer like uh, you know dramas, series, stuff like that, you know, gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, my mother used to when she was younger. My grandmother, who uh, passed away suddenly back in. Mm-hmm. 2000, she uh, really liked Godzilla movies, and she would watch them a lot. And my mom always told me, she's like, this one where Godzilla fought this giant blob monster. My mom thought it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> so I was actually looking into it, Faye, and it turned out what my grandma watched was uh, Godzilla vs. Hedera. So that uh, gave me an attachment to this movie. <laughs> it's always really funny to see these family stories because, like I, I mentioned way back, in episode one, I got into Godzilla for my dad. So I guess it just comes up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we then we had a few people also in the past few episodes of our guests mention how their family helped them get into Godzilla. So it's something that continues on. Mm-hmm. Unless you're crushed, then you get forced <laughs> into it by your friends. Hey, All right. <laughs> All right. So that so that's a good lead into Godzilla vs. Dora. So, Ton, do you want to have the honors of saying of saying your rating for Godzilla vs. Sidora? Yep. After all that, my rating is a solid um, 7, 7.5 out of 10. Awesome. All right, Crash. I've been so, I've been so <laughs> excited to hear it. What's it going to be? Um, a 7 out of 10 as well, but a 7 out of 10 mm-hmm. on the like, higher scale, if that makes sense. More to the right. Yeah, it does. Because, that makes yeah, sense. I definitely like a lot of them. The and for me honestly i've been rating seven out, out of ten a while but for some reason this viewing it really clicked with me and i boosted my rating to an eight out of ten i just it's just a really fun movie which i guess gets into it um before we get into the movie itself i want to say this is the first and only godzilla movie directed by yosemitsu bano and this is his, and this would be our final new director for this era of Godzilla. Um, Bono started out as a co-director for Akira Kurosawa, funny enough, before getting in, in, into the Godzilla franchise. So what? So what did you guys think of his direction in this movie? Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, you can go ahead, Crash. Okay, I was to say one hundred percent. It's very unique. It stands out a lot from all the other Godzilla Mm-hmm. Just in terms, just like the way everything was handled, because it has this, like the, it follows a similar Godzilla formula, right? Where 
once it shows mm-hmm. up, not in the fight scene. But like, what it does with it makes it stand out so much. There's a lot of trippy imagery. Mm-hmm. There's like yeah. animated segments and stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot more dreary with its color palette. It's it, yeah. I'll say it feels kind of art scenery. I don't know. It feels like it's, it it's does. trying to like do something different, be a lot more unique, stand out mm-hmm. more. Stuff. And that's mm-hmm. something as I've thought about. I feel like I appreciate this movie a lot more for it because initially watching it. I don't. I wasn't feeling the hottest on it, but like mm-hmm. in retrospect, thinking about it, I'm like, ah, you know, it's really, it really is a unique Godzilla movie. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but Tom, before I continue, do you want to say your thoughts on, on his direction? Yeah, um, my thoughts are a lot with Crash. Where um, this, you know, Godzilla movies are always experimental and different from each other, but this one's probably by far the most experimental i feel yeah while it still has the familiar kind of flow as you would expect from the show movies up to this point this movie just has a lot of different and new things that may kind of come across weird when you first watch it but then you kind of think about it you're like, oh that's interesting and i mm-hmm. think yeah um, yeah I, I appreciate it See, I'd honestly agree. I think Bono probably pushes the Godzilla stuff the most in the Showa era. And the funny kind of thing is, for some for some, for some behind-the-scenes info, when this movie was being shot, the producer, Tomiki Tanaka, who I've mentioned a few times, he got sick, so he went to the hospital. And while he was in the hospital, Shiro Honda came in to oversee the production as a favor. And Honda signed off on all on all the crazy that Bono was doing. was like, that sounds good. That sounds cool. I, but then, when Tomiyuki Tanaka came back and saw the movie, he hated it. Wow. <laughs> he actually literally banned Bono from making another Godzilla movie. Wow. And that <laughs> ban lasted until he passed away. Damn. <laughs> Tomiyuki Tanaka hated this movie. And that's really funny to me. Because I think this movie is so unique and so fresh. Especially at this point in time. And what's really ironic to me with that is, like I mentioned when we were watching it, Bono is who is who would later come in and practically save the franchise later on because he was who got the legendary Godzilla films rolling. Really? How? Well, yeah. Guess, Basically. No, oh, sorry, I if you want to crash. save that for later, but that took a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell it here okay. because I think it's fitting. Basically, um, Bono initially, like I told you, like how that's why when the, when the movie ends, it goes, it goes like will there be another one? And basically, Bono wanted to make a sequel to Godzilla vs. Hidora for a long time, but he wasn't a- able to. So basically, um, in, in the 2000s, after Godzilla Final Wars, which we'll get to way down the line, Bono asked Toho if he could take his take the Godzilla vs. Hidora concept and propose it to American Studios, which Toho signed off on. And eventually, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that happened, but basically what and what started as a Godzilla vs. Hidora remake ended up becoming Godzilla 2014 huh. under, uh, under Legendary. And to the point that Bono is the executive producer of Godzilla 2014 and helped out with Gareth Edwards and stuff. That's really awesome. It's cool to know that yeah. he even had a lot of faith in American studios. Yeah. Especially after what happened last time. <laughs> yeah, in 98. <laughs> And then, and then, even on when King of the Monsters, um, because he sadly passed away in 2017, the movie's dedicated to him and Haru and Haru Nakajima, who was the original Godzilla suit actor, as as we've been mentioning. 
so that's just a yeah so that's just a really neat thing to me that after he got banned from making godzilla he ended up saving godzilla (laughs) ironic which i guess gets into hmm, i'll give you guys a multiple choice for once would you like to talk about the seams or the weird stuff first the seams we'll save the weird stuff okay yeah Basically, Godzilla says he's doing this big thing. Is I'm pretty sure because it's not so at all about it. Is of course it's talking about pollution, because <laughs> because at because at this time in the 70s, Japan was undergoing a massive pollution issue from their factories and various other um uh, forms of pollution like like smog, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this movie is really basically a warning about pollution. I'd say. And it's not very subtle about it. <laughs> so I'm curious what you guys think I feel like about how Godzilla versus Hidora. Mm-hmm. I think it works because it's yeah. clearly a main focus on one. Yeah. As opposed to being like shoehorned in. <laughs> shoehorned in? Godzilla movies? Never. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a crash and ton. What do you guys think of how the movie handled the pollution aspect of its plot? <laughs> All right, I'll go. So I really liked how um, Godzilla versus Hedor explores its themes. Um, mm-hmm. Environmentalism, sorry, environmentalism is always kind of a hard topic to cover in fiction because, you know, it's a topic we've been talking about for years. And have had you can feel pretty Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it almost feels like it's talking down to you because you got the. As much as I like the show as a kid, like you got the Captain Planet, so it's like, take care of the planets, kids, otherwise it'll be bad. And you're like, ah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but then you have this where it's like, take care of the planet or a giant octopus monster will kill us all. <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, but it's got a point here. <laughs> but um, I really like how it just. It's very in your face, what mm-hmm. it's trying to say, but it communicates it through a very visceral way. Like, yeah. kind of, you get a lot of imagery of trash and garbage and factories, even the animated segments kind of just showing the death of nature. Yeah. It, and you even have like a scene of news clips with um, the, baby covered in toxic sludge. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like, at first it was kind of, kind of takes you out for a moment, but then it's mm-hmm. like, damn, that's a really striking moment. Yeah. Crash, what do you think of the pollution scene? The pollution? Um, yeah. It's very up front, and yeah, like Ted was saying, <laughs> this, this is the effects of pollution, I think. Stuff pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I want to giant space like space like that. <laughs> but yeah, I think I feel like it's handled for the most part. Yeah, I feel because like they're always like like you know, bad and stuff. But they show the effects really well, and that's something it does really well too. Is like a lot of the effects, kind of mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and it kind of it makes a good point. I guess I really don't explain it well. They handled the pollution mm-hmm. well enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, for me, something with the scene I want to bring up is much the way that Godzilla was the nuclear bomb and nuclear radiation given form. Hidora herself 
is pretty much pollution given form and what that represents yeah. like no no sorry i was like well yeah okay. like she's based on pollution like yeah the symbolism in that. No, you're right. yeah and like something like which is really interesting to me is i don't know tony probably know but i'm not sure if crash would know is is the frog imagery with Hidora is very interesting to me because do you guys remember how initially when pollution was being talked about the first sign of it was frogs being born with multiple limbs and two heads and stuff oh, basically crash in the 50s or might have been the 40s or the 60s within that time frame the big warning sign of pollution was when they started seeing tadpoles with like with like instead of like four legs, like six legs or like eight legs, or like two-headed frogs and stuff like that, because frogs are very susceptible to pollution in the water because they breathe through their skin. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's kind of interesting that Hidora's first two forms are a tadpole and then a frog. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a good lead in talking about Hidora, who's the main star of the show here, obviously, because her name's in the title. <laughs> and it's really interesting to me that she's our first female monster since Mothra. Yeah. It's been a while. Cool <laughs> no. And Crash, I'm curious, did you pick up on what her eyes are meant to look like? Uh, no. <laughs> They're like... I'm, I'm going to keep it vague, but just think about their shape and her being a woman. Is she like cat cat eyes? No. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I will actually lead into that. Another word for cat. Uh, can I say that? The the p <laughs> word crash. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay yeah. That makes like uh, oh I was gonna say Hedora's eyes are one of the most striking parts of her designs. They kind of gave they me are, though. vibes, but they look cool. They stand out. They they bulge. You know, apart from the whole design, <laughs> they're like green or something like that. They stick yeah. out. And, 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 and the shade of red they are when they shine is so striking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say Hedora is one of my, mm-hmm. one of the monsters that stands out to me most from what I've just seen. Well, it's I'd agree. brand new to me. I never heard of Hedora before mm-hmm. this. But like, mm-hmm. just her transformations and everything about her is really cool. I like that she has yeah. like, those transformation stages. Uh, the fact that she has so much destruction in her wake. Um, all mm-hmm. the, a lot of other monsters have as well. We always see that. But like here, I feel like her effects are always a lot more kind of gruesome, and very scary. Yeah. She just kind of disintegrates anything that, that mm-hmm. touches her. You saw all those people like, these fucking dead skeletons. Yeah. Like, really haunting yeah. imagery. Of the, um, those guys chilling mm-hmm. playing like a poker game. There are yeah. such splashes in there. There's all like, the corpses dead. And they're yeah. It's very scary. It is. Ton, do you have anything anything to say about Hidora before I get into her? Um, yeah. Um, of the show designs, besides like, you know, the big names of Rodan, Angus, Ghidorah, you know, Mothra. Ghidorah's mm-hmm. probably one of my favorites. Um like Crash said, she's like just has a really striking and intimidating design, along with creative mm-hmm. powers and unique abilities. Like we discussed when we were watching the movies, she's actually one of the most powerful opponents Godzilla. Fights. Oh, definitely. 
Like, this is the most beat up you ever see Godzilla get in the show thus far. That's just really cool that something Hidora doesn't get enough credit for, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I I love her a lot. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say, because Godzilla usually punches his way through his problems. But, like, here, that doesn't work. You know, he tries to punch her, and the other hand misses him again. It's not the case. Yeah. Gets shot in the eyes and goes blind. She's really, like, mm-hmm. very powerful and, like, scary she to fight because, like, mm-hmm. Godzilla gets his ass kicked in a lot of this movie. <laughs> and then she's yeah. actually kind of like, shit, we gotta do something, too. We gotta help him. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting to see, like, a monster like mm-hmm. that actually hold such a strong stance against Godzilla. Yeah. And, like, what I was gonna say with Hidora is I think her being difficult to defeat very much ties into pollution and how well this film handles it, in my opinion. Because doesn't show pollution is some easy thing to fix. Yeah. It takes a lot of cooperation and it's not like a simple saying. It takes Godzilla and the humans teaming up and they have to invent like that big el- electricity wall to fry her. And she's not dead instantly because she initially escapes and then she has eggs and they have to break break her eggs. Mm-hmm. The, and then um, so, when mm-hmm. they break the eggs, and then Godzilla's like, I'm making sure you literally never that again. He just yeah. like, tears into her. All these, all these goopy parts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like the fighting in this movie, which I'll get, which I, I guess will move us into our other um, uh, topic, is this movie is generally one of the most horrifying Godzilla movies. Like, I was telling you guys, this movie gave me nightmares as a kid. One of my worst nightmares involved fucking Hidora attacking the Palisade Mall, which is that mall we went to, Todd, when you oh, came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and turning people into skeletons. That Because she's just fucking terrifying in this movie. <laughs> and this movie gets really violent and and really... No, it's not even bloody. It's just as the violence, like Godzilla missing an eye, his fucking hand being melted. Also, one of the main characters of this movie just fucking dies. Yeah, <laughs> like Hidora, like Hidora just kills him. Mm-hmm. It's really insane. It, this it, that's what this movie feels a lot more drawn. And I was talking about the color, yeah. line, which also probably fits well with the pollution stuff. And the sky is a yeah. lot darker. It's much more dreary. Everything with Hidora, you know, dies when she mm-hmm. past it. And like I said, mm-hmm. all it's it's not even bloody, yeah, not at all, but like it's still super horrifying. Like the effect she has with like, you know, Ken's dad. We can talk about the characters mm-hmm. but um little boy's dad yeah. gets all fucked up <laughs> in his face. It's all like great and cracked and messed up. It's, it's really it's really insane. Mm-hmm. And he can barely move for the rest of the movie after that happens. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Ken's uncle, who 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 is his mom's brother. He he just fucking tries to like fight Hidora at towards the end, and Hidora just fucking kills him, like nothing. It it is just really strike. Ton, do you have anything to say in regards to this? Yeah, um, it's really impressive the effects work in this movie. Like, um, we've mm-hmm. seen humans fight kaiju before, but they did just these really interesting scenes, like when the uncle tries to throw torches at Hidora to set her on fire, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> with his buddies, and yeah. Dora just wipes them all out instantly, mm-hmm. and then, like, um, you have, um, just moments where, like, Hedora breaks into buildings and kills everyone in them, you can just, very terrifying, mm-hmm. monster. 
I would love to see a dorm with like modern effects. Cause Same. Like do a lot of horror scenes. And really, Hidora just stands out. Something else neat to me, like I mentioned, is Hidora is one of the few monsters to get a beam in the Shiro era, because most monsters don't have a, a beam effect. And Hidora's the first since way back with King Ghidorah to get a beam in the Godzilla franchise. Because she has her eye she has her eye eye laser. Mm-hmm. Honestly, she's a very versatile kaiju because of all of her forms. <laughs> you form a beautiful form and she starts to get yeah. And I guess speaking of the characters, I guess this would be a good time to say talk about the character, and I guess I'll go first on this one. The characters, unfortunately, I feel like are probably the weakest part of this movie. I feel like they're very nothing there's nothing really <laughs> to them. They're just kind of there to move the plot along. Like they're not bad, like they're not irritating or anything. It's just that they don't really get a sense of any of them. Like Ken is just a kid who likes Godzilla, yeah. which feels a little bit weirder. Not even a little bit, a lot weirder with incontinuity than it did back in All Monsters Attack with, with Ichiro. Because at least in All Monsters Attack, Ichiro was from our world. This is taking place in Godzilla world, and you got fucking Godzilla. Know, that, King Ghidorah it's toys. really funny considering all they've been through. They've been terrorized so many times. They're just like, hey, what if we made them recognize these killer creatures? <laughs> <laughs> That's like what happened in Pacific Rim, which which drives me and ton crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can. Yeah, he's very boring. And one thing yeah. I also appreciate on Monsters Attack, the mm-hmm. Monsters Attack. So that the yeah, the, yeah. the, the kid actor there. Was a lot better, say. Yeah, the actor is yeah. Especially when he's trying to be emotional, and he's like, Dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like at the beach, I was, was kind of like, damn, like, like, the other ones, they're much more passive. Mm-hmm. They're, they don't yeah. Do, they don't do much. Very boring. Mm-hmm. The weaker parts of the film, for sure. Yeah. Ton, do you have do you have anything to, say, anything to say about the characters before I continue on the characters? Yeah, I would agree with you, Chris. I think that they just as big of a presence as Godzilla humans usually are. Yeah. The family kind of just feels like they're off to the side and Ken's actor isn't as good as each rose. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that they played a role in helping the JSDF come up with mm-hmm. a plan. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, it's the same plan they have to be choosing. And this is the first time ever it worked. Yeah, and now not Godzilla too. Yeah. <laughs> what I just love, I think that's hilarious. That finally, after they tried it in Gojira, in King Kong versus Godzilla, in Matra versus Godzilla, and I think they even try it in the Sword Monsters too. Uh, if you're wrong. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. It finally works. It took them long enough. It took until 1971. Yeah, I think they tried that in it Fedora. It's hard monster. to keep track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just really funny that finally works. And in terms of the other characters, um, there's not even much to say it's because not... I feel like Ken gets the most. Yeah, yeah like there's... I don't mean like... I just mean because he's very boring. So like... Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. 
like his dad is fine he's pretty neat i guess but like his uncle um his uncle's girlfriend um what who who else is there oh his mom i feel like they don't really do anything they're just kind of there and got and got and got high and saw people and saw people with fish heads <laughs> singing about pollution and shit. yeah <laughs> who goes to a club to hear from <laughs> which i guess um that is a good lead into another scene i guess which some people have read that the movie is kind of critical about how teenagers respond to crisis because of the fact that the teenagers response to hedora is okay we're all gonna fucking die let's go party on a mountain <laughs> and i guess i'm curious what you guys think about that i have my own take but i'll let you guys go first you want to go ahead chris yeah, sure that was even about, honestly until mm-hmm. you just mentioned this to me older um yeah but i i guess you could say that but i don't feel it's really yeah it's not super prevalent it's just in the background yeah it's just like at the end i still i still i still don't get what that scene means i don't get it what is that meant to show i I really don't get it and i'm trying to think about it i've watched this movie now three times in the span of under a year actually and i still don't get what does that little bit mean i don't get it yeah <laughs> because they're just in the shadows staring creepily and, and that's it they don't even show up again it's just that one bit later when i think they're just watching them again it's oh yeah <laughs> they're still yeah, they're there was if you're old, really, you're wiser i don't know but yeah that that element there i don't know i don't feel it's cool enough for anything i mean yeah they still fight back Ton, do you have any, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess it's. I can only assume it's probably some kind of message about the state of Japanese and this culture about it. That's yeah. a lot of creators in Japan focused on film and anime. Um, it's it's kind of funny to me how like. You have this weird scene with the old people, and then you have the scene with those people trying to fight, and then their efforts are just kind of useless. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell if this movie is like critical of youth, mm-hmm. or just kind of exploring how youth will react to a mm-hmm. crisis. Yeah. And while well, it'd be tempting, kind of rolling over my eyes and be like, oh, no, the way people react to a giant monster like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just look at any movie part about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I was going to bring. I was going to tie this into stuff happening now, even now with climate change. I feel like it's saying ironic because this is 1971. We're in 2020. And what's that? Like, we're hitting 40 years, 50 years of this movie? And I feel like that's still an issue. I feel like, and because. Tons the oldest one here at 24. I'm 21. Crash is 20. We're not some fucking old people like these damn kids. I'm just gonna say, I think our gen has a bad issue with like, and I don't, I don't want to say our gen. I think almost like youth culture in general is kind of a message of who the fuck cares 
and like mm-hmm. what will happen will happen and like leaving it yeah and leaving it to other people to fix like even like like with the ch- climate change like that's why the okay doomer so i feel like people are so quick to just jump to doom and gloom like even people are like oh if we're still here by 2024 and it's like yeah come on it's and i think that's kind of what the movie's commenting on a bit because they're like okay the world's gonna end because of Eudora. let's go fucking party let's not, let's not even try to fix it let's just party yeah, and enjoy what's left yeah and i think that's what Eudora is criticizing and i think that's kind of a valid thing to talk about i feel maybe yeah. it, it should have been more mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it definitely is kind of shoved in, but I get why Ama Bano included it. It's definitely sure. something something interesting, which mm-hmm. I guess brings us to a to something else that I kind of enjoy with this movie, is like I was telling telling you, Crash. I feel like this movie is like the side plot to a typical Godzilla movie <laughs> that's happening off screen, mm-hmm. because we get a lot of information from news reports in this movie instead of like a more conventional way of characters finding it out like some things we do find out from characters like ken's dad finding out how hedora breeds stuff but i feel like a lot of it also a lot of the exposition comes from the news so it almost feels like off screen there's this typical godzilla movie happening and we're seeing the side story yeah of one you know i, I see that very much there's a lot of being through the radio mm-hmm. stuff you know, ken's dad talking about it all the people you know mm-hmm. the club hearing about it just kind of, yeah, as opposed to, you know, seeing it there in the action. It's nice to get another kind of perspective on that. Yeah. And I feel like what they really did that best with is doing, is showing the death toll. Because I feel like with a lot of Godzilla movies, you don't really get a sense of that. But in this movie, you get news reports saying how saying, I mean, many people died and seeing, like, dead bodies. And it's like, holy fuck. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead. Um, I really liked kind of getting the side perspective, like, mm-hmm. you get the news reports about Hedora eating tankers, and before yeah. we kind of get, like, a scene of a quick scene of people on a boat getting eaten, mm-hmm. it kind of has this nice atmosphere to it. Mm-hmm. This is compared to Marmot. I know some people don't really like, but I love when you kind of get the kind of ground perspective of fantastical things happening. Same. Like in uh, the intro of Batman versus Superman, when you see mm-hmm. the ending fight of Man of Steel from the ground perspective as Bruce Wayne's running around. Or like, um, which Avengers? Civil War. Civil War, yeah, where you get the reaction to. Um, <laughs> What's her name? Wanda, Wanda yeah. messing up with the uh, explosion, getting people killed in Wakanda Embassy. Mm. I think it's big. Yeah. It a lot of yeah. sort of feel mm-hmm. the it does. And I feel like you even kind of get that later on with Godzilla 2014, mm-hmm. that same kind of approach and style, which makes yeah. sense because get because guess it ties all together. Guess who exactly to produce that and help Gareth Edwards funnel his vision? Yoshimitsu Bono. It all ties together. Oh, yeah. And Todd, this is... Also, I don't want to interrupt you. Let's kind of was talking about um, this movie does a good job of showing the destruction. A lot more than the other yeah. ones, I feel like. A lot of the other ones yeah. knocked out of the other breaks and things. But here, you see it on a more pointy level. Mm-hmm. You see the people who are like, 
bed with a kid running yeah. skeleton running around. Like the kid running around the most mm. you can't see him. It's like this has a good this one does a really good job of showing you that. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely the best one at that. Since mm-hmm. I'd say honestly Gojira way back when we started. Yeah. 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 It doesn't get as dark, but I think it gets more horrific. Like I feel yeah. like Gojira's more disturbing, but Hidora's more like horrifying. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. really horrifying. And I guess that leads into okay, there's one minor point I want to make. Because I only noticed it this time, and it's so fucking weird to me that it's staying out, and this will lead us into the weirder stuff. But the movie implies Ken and Godzilla have a telepathic connection. Really? I, I for- Remember um, uh, during the party when Ken says Godzilla's coming, and like, and like Ken's uncle's girlfriend... I, I asked him how, and he's like, he sent me a message telepathically. I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Actually, no, I, I, it, it, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it, I guess. I thought he was just being a kid. Yeah. I'm like, I believe that thing. I know he's showing up. <laughs> but then he does, so it implies that he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and, and like even earlier on the roller coaster, when he sees like Godzilla somehow, and he's like, oh no, his door is coming. We need to, need to really get out of here. Because like, I had, like you, you get the POV from the roller coaster, and then it just stops for like one frame, like zooms in on Godzilla, yeah. and it goes back. <laughs> it's really it's really weird, but I kind of enjoy the weirdness to this. And I'm curious I'm a ton because I guess Crash said what he saw with the telepathic Ken. What do you think of of Ken being telepathic? Yeah, it's kind of a subtle thing, but it's also really weird. Mm-hmm. Like I guess maybe Bono was kind of going off Ichiro and the monsters attack. Yeah. You know, that, you know, Ichiro was in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> it was daydreaming. So, yeah. It's kind of a weird element if once you notice it. But I don't think it takes away from the movie, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and also. I guess it also ties into the fact that he had the dream of Godzilla seeing the pollution and realizing there was some fuckery going on. Mm-hmm. Which it gives me one of, my, one of the best Godzilla lines. Godzilla, Godzilla would be really mad if he saw this. <laughs> and that leads into how fucking weird this movie is because this movie is weird but in the best way I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. This is what I was excited for. Really, yeah, shit about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and because Crash, I guess I'll let you discuss which weird aspect would you like to talk about first. Uh, I guess I could talk about the really big one. Uh, okay, let's go. Let's do really it. out of nowhere, and just at the end, Hedora's fucking flying away, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Shit, no, she's getting away. What am I gonna do?" And then Godzilla's like, "Don't worry, I've got this." And he starts breathing. <laughs> And fucking lifting himself up, and he just starts fucking flying after her door with his breath. <laughs> I was so <laughs> I was dying when I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god, he can just fucking fly now." <laughs> and it's funny because when he's doing it, he's just like frozen in his position, just completely static. Yeah, he's like shooting the breath out. And he just goes and catches up with him. It's fucking insane. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I'm so glad that I didn't that, that I haven't thought to you which movies have the crazy moments. <laughs> because yeah, I've seen like a bunch of out of context, but I'm excited to see them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's just like even and I, what I fucking love with that scene, to be honest, is that even the JSDF have this baffled look on their face, and that <laughs> coupled with the music is hilarious. It's easily one of the funniest sketches. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure why it's there. I don't mind. It's just really funny and really dank. Like it, 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 it comes out of nowhere. Really surprised. Like, <laughs> unsurprisingly. That's the first time he's ever done that. So I was like, fly now. <laughs> there you go. And just and just so I know, Crash, that's the only time he flies. No. <laughs> why is this? Oh, man. Uh, one of the other funny parts, too, is like, really quick, mm-hmm. when uh, Godzilla's fighting Fedora, you get a POV shot of Godzilla. Punching the shit out of the door. Yes, I love that. <laughs> just POV Godzilla punch the shit out of the door. <laughs> oh, the POV shots are amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know, Crash, you also found the music really funny. I said that's something neat with the music. Because I think yeah. the music say, is a mix of funny, but it's also creepy at times. Like, Hidora's theme to me is generally creepy and unsettling. Okay, Hidora's theme, I think it's a little girl. It's like kind of even though mm-hmm. they, make, they make it sound really creepy when they play it, something going on. But yeah. personally, I feel like Godzilla's theme is mm-hmm. kind of out of place. It's very goofy mm-hmm. and kind of sounds mm-hmm. key. And it always plays when he shows up. It always makes me laugh. Yeah. It, it, it's kind mm-hmm. of like a theme that would play for like a real, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a clown. Not a clown, but yeah. a really fat guy walking by. It's like it's, it's, got, the, it's got the brass and shit. And it just makes me laugh every time. It just goes, whoa. Yeah. And I guess that leads to another um, a weird part of Hidora in a way is the songs. Oh, yeah. This is the first time that gets over. That the, I see the first, and if I remember the only time that song plays such a big part in, God, in, in a Godzilla movie, because basically it starts off like a James Bond movie, because it starts on the. On the, it's not Save the Year, by the way. I, I, I messed it up when I watched it. It's called um, uh, Give Us the Sun Back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we started off. I was like, man, I wonder what the this is going to Just thinking about pollution <laughs> and everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it, but I also, I have to admit that I fucking love the song, though, especially when they play it um, uh, as, as an OST, like when Godzilla's <laughs> ripping the shit out of Edora, oh, yeah. and, it, and it just starts playing it. Reprise. It's so heroic. Yeah. Yeah. I love the cheese in it. It's really funny. <laughs> so, what do you think of the song, Stone? So, uh, the first time I watched this, I wasn't too into the song, so I was like, the hell is this? <laughs> but um, this time around, it kind of grew on me. Like, yeah. when you consider this is kind of like, this is 1971, so yeah. there's been a few James Bond movies out by now. Mm-hmm. really popular it's kind of cool when you see like studios and creators taking ideas from each other and trying to yeah. incorporate them in different ways so having mm-hmm. giving Godzilla kind of like well Godzilla film I should say since it's not really about Godzilla yeah. kind of a song, custom song that mm-hmm. um, plays directly in the, to the movie scenes is interesting my only complaint would be mm-hmm. that it plays too many times in the movie. I would agree because they use it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think at least three, four times. <laughs> and I think it's four at least. Oh, because you have the intro version of it. 
you have it when they're singing it in, in the club where where Ken's uncle gets high as fuck and sees everyone with a fish head. And then you have it with, you know, with the Hedorah. And I know it comes up at least one more time besides those three. Yeah, so like, I, I guess that was probably a limitation to having just one song to yeah. license, but it, it was definitely a little overplayed. Mm-hmm. And and they even have different versions of it. Like there's like there's I know there's at least one version of it in the movie itself that starts with male vocals, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Oh shoot! I was gonna say something, which I guess we'll get into the fish heads. Those fish heads are bizarre. I it's yeah. really funny, but I don't I, and I don't know exactly why they're there. But it's just I just love that they're there because it's just like. He's just there, he's drinking, he looks up, and suddenly everyone has a fish head. I guess it might tie back into the teenage culture thing of him, like, obviously doing LSD, but it's still a really bizarre scene. <laughs> I love how he just gets visibly agitated when he sees the fish. <laughs> He's not even like yeah. scared. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's happened to him before. Just yeah. <laughs> and another interesting weird thing, of course, is I think the two main ways the movie tells the story, which I think is likely brought up before. Um, the animation scenes, which I'll start with first. So the animation scenes are super cool, and I really love them. Really short. Because it's a... Yeah. And, and they're really neat ways to, like, move the story along, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... It was always... Mm-hmm. They, they kind of came out of nowhere. They were really... Mm-hmm. Like, you go from one scene to the next scene. It's like quick 30-second animation. And they were really mm-hmm. nice. They had this cool... Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but it's really cool. Like, it's like a mm-hmm. like, Right. Yeah, to get that kind of like mm-hmm. it's really cool. What did you think of the animations on? I really liked the animations. Um, like that was another thing that was kind of weird to me when I first watched it. But let's talk mm-hmm. about. I really like how just thematically they tie tie into the movie, mm-hmm. and honestly, just kaiju and Godzilla as a, I guess genre. Genre, that's the word. Yeah, um, just. The animation really adds to it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's a really way to kind of communicate the kind of crazy things that, are ha- that happen in these movies. And I'm honestly surprised it hasn't been done too often in the franchise. Yeah. Like, I think the only, like, I, I, I guess this doesn't count as spoilers. Like, I don't think there's any more animation in this franchise until the anime got to the trilogy. Yeah, that's it. Unless you want to count like spinoffs of like, like, like my favorite, Goji Land. Oh, it's yeah. not like I'll, I'll I'll show you later, Crash. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, that's the only thing I could think of besides the anime trilogy later on, much later on. And yeah. I guess that's again the other big thing is is the montages, which I find really interesting. Like, like the big one that stands out to me is after Hidora's um uh, attack with, with her flying form. They show everybody talking, and and it just becomes like a collage of people talking and screaming all on TV screens. Mm-hmm. And I just find that imagery really neat and interesting. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, it really kind of captures that feeling of like a media frenzy after a disaster. Mm-hmm. And having looked through as many as I have now by now, it's just, it really captures that feeling of confusion and mm-hmm. kind of fear. It also communicates a lot of interesting things. Like it's also how Bono kind of communicates how mm-hmm. he believed. Um, environmentalism should be enacted, like people demanding the factories shut down and make mm-hmm. it weaker. Yeah. And um, um, people encouraging, the government encouraging people not to use their cars and stuff like that. It, it's interesting just how many kind of things you can work into a montage scene like that. That's also where you get the baby stuck in the sludge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, those scenes were very unique. They stood out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, you're right. It's kind of like getting to see what's going on here. Like, no blood yeah. And I also kind of wonder, though, if Bono's being kind of critical of that style of media reporting, because it eventually gets so drowned out that all you hear is just screaming. You can't even make out yeah. what everyone's mm-hmm. trying to say. And I kind of wonder if that relates back to his criticism of teenagers in a way of him criticizing how these things get responded to. Mm-hmm. Because basically the montage, everyone in it doesn't end up doing anything helpful because they all get drowned out by each other. Yeah. So I do kind of wonder about that. Mm-hmm. The, oh, 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 sorry, go on. Oh, go ahead. I know I was going to give one little fun fact. The suit mm-hmm. actor for Amahidora in this movie is Kenpachiro Satsuma, I believe, or Satsumo. And he would later go on to play Godzilla for the 1980s and 1990s movies, which is really neat. And something really funny, though, with the production of this movie is he had appendicitis mm-hmm. and he collapsed while in the Hidora suit. And they had to operate on him in the Hidora suit. Oh my God. That was and he. Good. And he found out that he was immune to painkillers during that operation. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds terrible. He's a badass. That mm. man is wild. Wow. <laughs> but you were saying that, Tom? Oh, yeah. The baby in the sludge reminded me of something to make a note of. Just, this is one guy's little movie where I just love to get like a behind the scenes story on it. Because you have two scenes. You have the baby in the sludge, the uh, hetero sludge, I would say. Yeah. And then you have the scene in the bar where Hedora tries to eat the crowd, but then retreats because Godzilla shows up. Yeah. But when she retreats, you see a cat. Yeah, this poor cat just covered in sludge. He's like meowing. I'm just like, what did they do to this poor cat before they started the camera? They just like throw it, dump it in a tub full of sludge and then just sit on the steps. It's just, these things keep me up at night. <laughs> but that scene also was really scary too with that poor cat. I'm glad that cat is confirmed to be okay in the movie too. <laughs> They're like, oh, they didn't eat the cat for some reason. Yeah. Oh man, this movie is such a ride. Yeah, it's like it's definitely one of the most fun things I've ever done. And that's something I mm-hmm. 100% appreciate for mm-hmm. doing something outside, for doing something with the Godzilla family, but like they kind of turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe it's like an 
my attempts for this movie. Because like I yeah. said, when I watched it my first time, more than two days ago, <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, I wasn't really a fan of the movie initially. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I was like, maybe if I watched it again some other time, maybe I'd like it more. Maybe because mm-hmm. now I kind of know what to expect with it. Yeah. More, well, like mm-hmm. well, well, I mean, look at Ton, because Ton went from giving it a 5 the first time he saw it <laughs> to a 7. <laughs> And and, yeah, I've, and I've gone from a seven to an eight on it, so I think it definitely grows on you. The more and more you watch it, yeah. mm-hmm. it's just a really fun movie. Also, I have to say, I also love the bit where Godzilla fucking shoves his hand into Dora's eye and blinds her. <laughs> oh yeah, that was such a cool scene. Poor Godzilla. Every time he touches her, just gets. <laughs> and and I and I kind of like how they do blood in this movie, but not really blood, because when Godzilla shoves his hand in there, this all this fucking sludge like spills out of her. Oh, and something I didn't I didn't even mention. This is only our second alien monster in the Godzilla franchise because she's an alien. Yeah. Once you get aliens causing trouble, Godzilla. You can't trust aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're either planet destroying animals like King Ghidorah and Ghidorah, or they're fucking sneaks <laughs> like the Zillions and Kelax. <laughs> but I kind of dig the fact that Ghidorah feels almost like an animal in this, to a degree, because she seems to just want to breed because Godzilla finds her eggs in her. Mm-hmm. And it seems almost like she ended up on the wrong planet, almost, because she came from an asteroid, they said. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Go on. Go on, Ton. Oh, yeah, it's like, they mentioned how repeatedly how she's from a planet of darkness and death. And death, so it's like, maybe she would have preferred Venus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Crash, I I will tease something, though. Um, We will see a male Hedora later on in the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. Okay. Well, I hope it's not like that. Okay. No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cool. To but but the door is. Yeah. I like the door. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Crash, what are your top two favorite Godzilla monsters right now? I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like even though Hedorah has a pretty mono kind of talent, everything she yeah. has, everything she does, like in her transformation, mm-hmm. just her power is what makes her stand out to me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like Hedorah a lot too. And we will see her, well, not, well, her species at least twice more. Yeah, Hedorah's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, this Hedorah is dead as fuck. Godzilla Annihilator. <laughs> and also, this is the start of the 70s, which we're entering into the final half of of the Showa era. We only have four more left. We only have four more left, and then we're done with this era, which is wild. Yep, and then we move on to the Heisei era, which is, which is a reboot. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this next one. Yep, next up we've got Godzilla versus Gigan, which I showed you. <laughs> From what I saw of Gigan, Gigan does not look like he can do anything except fight. 
<laughs> a guy again basically the I don't know where I am, but I know I must kill me. He's not the best hugger. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait because our next four are, of course, Godzilla vs. Gigan. Then we got Godzilla vs. Megalon, which is okay. Yeah, I can't wait you, for that one. I've heard you you talk about it. No, I don't. <laughs> it's super dank. You're you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't know if you'll like it, but you'll enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that's what I'll say. And then, of course, we've got the Mechagodzilla duology that'll close us out. Which I know you can't wait for because you love evil versions of the yeah, characters. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. All right, I guess I might as well close out our episode on on a door because we're getting too fucking efficient when it's just us three. Yep. We just bang things out. All right, so ton because this movie has a lot of meaning to you. What are your mm-hmm. closing thoughts on Godzilla vs. Hedera? My closing thoughts on Godzilla vs. Hedera. Uh. It's definitely a different Godzilla movie, but different doesn't always mean bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. It's engaging. It has a good, cool ideas that resurface a lot in the franchise, which I won't detail. Yeah, we, Crash will see it later on, but stuff does come back, ideas-wise. Mm-hmm. So, and definitely, I think Bono should have gotten banned from making Godzilla movies because of it. And for a Godzilla movie that I kind of have a personal connection to, it's just really nice to enjoy. Mm-hmm. All so, right. Crash, what are your closing thoughts on Godzilla versus Hidora? Like I said before, it's super different. It does something very different than some of the stuff that I've It's one of the mm-hmm. most unique things. I don't recommend it. I don't like anybody, I'd say. It has that nice Godzilla formula you like. A lot of cool twists. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Godzilla City Door is one of the most underrated Godzilla films, and I'm really glad to see it see it get reevaluated. Where its weirdness isn't criticized but praised, because I think that's really what adds to it. And I think the reason why Ishiro Honda was so approving of it is that this movie did its own thing, but it's not a message to it. It's not a meaningless movie. It's not like, as much as I love it, Destroy All Monsters, which is just monster stuff for the sake of monster stuff. This movie has something to say, and I think that even though it does it in a bit of a more off-kilter way, I think that's really what makes it stand out, and I think that Bono being the one to save Godzilla after the franchise went on hiatus for years because Final Wars flopped the box office after he was banned by Tomiyuki Tanaka is the best poetic irony possible. And I'm so glad that he got to do that. <laughs> All right, everyone. This was episode 11 of the Godzilla Roundtable about Godzilla vs. Hidora. And as always, even though I'm not a rate announcer, have a good night.